This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> The City Vent. You're listening to The City Vent. It's The City Vent. The City Vent. You are listening to The City Vent. Hello everyone and welcome to episode three of the City Event. Thank you for tuning in. I'm with my co-host Chris. Hello, how are we doing? All right, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Good, good, uh, good week and some ex. Well, some interesting stuff come out this week, hasn't there? Really? Yeah, a few bits and bobs. Obviously, we had the interview with Sparks that seems to have gone pretty well. People seem to like that on Twitter. Um, but looking at things more at the club, two players, Luke Hendry being the first one. Yeah, um, I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that he's he's been offered a two-year deal. I, can, I only see him as backup. I don't I don't see him in the first team. I don't think he's got the quality to be in the first team. When he first came back to the club, he he did actually look. He was rather good because he was he was sprinting up the wing. He looked like he was you know he was he's getting involved with the wingers. Um, he's prone to a mistake or two. A two-year deal. I'm surprised that. I've got to say, I'm quite surprised that he's got a two-year deal. But, you know, it's more additions. I don't think that... Well, he's not going to be a first-team player, is he, for a starter? So I don't think we need to worry too much about that. It's just more bodies that we have got still. Do you not think he's going to be a first-team player then? Because obviously, signing a two-year deal at the age he's at, do you not think he's trying to nail down that right-back position? Or do you not think he's got a chance of making it his? Because who else have we got in that position, really? Um, I, I just don't see it. I just, I just don't think that he will be the right back next season. I'll be slightly disappointed if he's the right back next season. If I'm honest, I think there's, you know, we've got. I mean, there's cousin Dawson, but it looks like he's going on loan, isn't he? Um, obviously there's there's Oscar Frelkel, but let's face it, that's not going to happen. I feel like it's probably the weakest position we've got, but maybe it's the one that we've got too many of at the moment. So. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised, but obviously the club have seen something in him to give him that initial two-year deal, which, by the way, have you noticed that all these um, these contracts that have been signed have said initial rather than a two-year deal? So it looks like the club are, you know, looking after the future and 
seeing it as a two-year and then the club can decide whether they carry on a two-year deal or not. So putting that that option clause in where they can, you know, extend it if if the club want to, I guess, and protecting their interests as well as a player. So, yeah, I'd probably agree with you, to be honest, on Endry. I think, I don't know, I'm on the fence a little bit with him. I'm not overly impressed. I think if you've got ambitions of going up and being at the top end of the division, I think you want better. I think if you were... Bottom 10 in League 2, I think, is a pretty solid addition. But I think we probably need more, especially when you think about forward capacity. Somebody that can drive the ball forward, like you mentioned, and whip it in. I feel like there's probably better out there at this level, but we'll have to see. Um, so from that one, we'll move on to the other signing. Um, we've paid money to Walsall for um, Emmanuel Osidibe. You can Osidibe. Osidibe. Yeah, again, another mixed bag, really. So, what uh, if you looked at Walsall fans? So, <laughs> if you looked at what they said, inside joke. If you looked at what they said, they weren't. It was very mixed. They were a lot of them were quite happy he was going. A lot of them said that he had an attitude problem. Complained about him. Said he was quite lazy at times. Scored a couple of great goals for them. Um, so yeah, it's. I think we brought him in because he's very versatile. He can play in the middle, but he can also play down the two flanks. I know that he was at one point playing right back last season. So again, that's another right back that's at the club. I I see him being, again, another impact player that maybe comes off the bench. Um, An interesting fact for you about him, by the way. So he went to, from Dundalk, he, he never actually signed professional terms with them, but he went to Spurs and he went to their foundation. Gillingham f- signed him. They played him in a game and they won 4-0 against Sheffield United. Anyway, they'd registered him with Dundalk, had Gillingham, and they nearly got a big fine. Uh, they nearly got points deduction because of it. He was also one of the players that left uh, Macclesfield when they were going under and just left because they'd not paid him, which obviously he's got absolutely every right to do so. But he is worthy of a, a worldie or two. So it sounds like in his career he has scored a few worldies. But also the other thing as well with what Walsall fans have said is that he has played pretty much every game for the last two seasons. So... There's got to be something. There's got to be a player there, and also for us to spend money on him, there's there's got to be a player there. It's interesting because, like you say, and you alluded to, there is a lot of negativity on Twitter when it comes to it, and it's pretty much ninety percent of their fan base that are saying the same thing. I did have a couple of inboxes from some people that were a little bit more level-headed with it, saying, "Yeah, it can be magic on it on his day, but it's like two out of maybe ten games." Um, attitude problem-wise, we've had these players before. It's not always worked out for us as a club. However, Mark Hughes has handled much heavier, hasn't he, uh, in regards yeah. to ego and stuff like that. So, will he be able to get a tune out of him? I think he will. Is he going to be a starting player for us? For me, potentially not. Um, but it's an exciting player, somebody that can get you off your feet. And if you look at some of the, like you say, the compilations and goals he scored on YouTube, I think he's exciting. And I'm looking forward to see what he's got. And for me, I hate this bashing players. Everybody's welcome to their opinion on Twitter and if you've got the right to do it. It's just not for me. I like to see the player in person first before I ju- make a judgment. Don't get me wrong. Looking at players that we've got, like like Yathrell Kelds and other people, I hate saying his name every time, but other people that have not cut the mustard at City, I will say I don't think they're good enough. But I feel like before they kick the ball for us, it's a bit unfair personally. Um, Chris, pass that on to you. Yeah, listen, 
it always seems to be the way, doesn't it? And, it, you know, I think sometimes we're expecting superstar signings. It's not always going to happen. Let's remember we are in League Two. You know, he's a player that has, like I said, has, has played regularly all the way pretty much through his career. It's about giving them a chance. And I tell you, I can I absolutely agree with you 100%. We've got to see him in our colours first. You know, and I know he's not your favourite player, but... Andy Cook, for instance, when we signed him, I know there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of abuse about when we signed him from Mansfield because well, why are we bringing in a reserve player from Mansfield? And you know those opinions were changed very quickly. Uh, also, Adam, I, I will mention it on this podcast that if anybody else reckons Adam does look like Andy Cook, absolutely does. So, <laughs> but, yeah. but you're right. We need to we need to see these players in face value first. Let's give them a chance. Yeah. You know, the club have gone out of the way to bring these players in. The fact that we paid money towards him, you know, they, they, they know better than us. They do. I know we think we know best, but let's give them the opportunity. If it doesn't work out, you're absolutely right. Then we can start slating them. Yeah, totally. With you. So just to sort of finish off on recruitment, a couple of bits. Now, there has been a bit of a release in the Daily Mail to say that Fulham and Southampton are chasing one of our youngsters. So, Ryan did allude to this last time on the pod. Uh, there's a lot of interest in our younger players, which is obviously great. Uh, but should we be getting more out of the players when they're with us? Should they be, you know, should we be trying to keep them or should we be cashing in? So it's a, a chap called Freddie Jeffries in our academy. I think he's 16. Do you know much about this one, Chris? Again, what from what I've seen is he was part of the under-19 team that won the league. He seems to score quite a few goals. I know that, you know, for instance, Bobby Poynton, is always mentioned in in the uh, young team, so it again it, it to me from what Ryan was saying last week, I got the impression that maybe there was a couple of players. I imagine that this is one player that is probably you know is going to be signed for a Premiership club. Again, that's going to be more money towards club. But as Ryan said last week, this is what's happening now because of all the EU laws, and you know they they are looking through you know, League One, League Two sides to see what kind of talent there are. And especially when that team, they were fantastic last season. It doesn't surprise me, but that there is that interest out there. And it's whether he was one of the players who was offered a contract and whether he's now obviously being offered a contract elsewhere. It's unfortunately, that's the game at the moment. That's There's not a lot we can do about that, but just hope for a, a big payday. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, 250 grand for us at this level is brilliant. If you can get three or four of them every season, you're laughing, really. Um, but should should we be cashing in? Should we be doing more to try and keep them? But how, how can you stand in the way of a player, you know, at that age and they've been approached by a Premier League club? I just, I can't see us, you know, a lot of people saying on Twitch, should we be keeping them? But I just can't see us being able to do that. And if you do, you end up upsetting the play and they don't want to be there anyway. So, you know, there's only so far you can go with it. And I just don't think that we have you know, the, the, the finances to support that either, personally, at the minute. And I feel like cashing in is probably a good option. Chris, your your choice, your sorry, your opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, you can't stand in the way. If that money's coming in, it's guaranteed money to a certain extent. There's not a lot we can do. If a young lad is being offered a job, you know, a, a club that's in the premiership, where they're going to want to go, you know, I, I completely understand it. There's not a lot we can do about this apart from it's it's sadly it's a payday. There's there's nothing else we can do about that, and just hope that they do really well. Obviously, it's frustrating because you want to see these young players coming through the team. Maybe this is potentially why we've not had as many come through 
and and I imagine it. You know, it's not just Bradford City we're so struggling with this. You know, it's it's League One, League Two sides are are going to be struggling with this constantly. So it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one to to, to really to comprehend. Yeah, and there's not going to be much released on it either. There might be a piece in the TNA if it happens, if it doesn't happen. But as Ryan said on the last pod, we're not going to hear much from the club because they don't speak about um, obviously players under 16 years of age. So we'll have to see what happens. And obviously they're doing something right in the academy, though. They're developing these players the right way. Um, they all seem to be doing pretty well. So we'll just have to watch your space, I guess. But we'll just see on recruitment, just going back to that one, I guess we'll just see what happens over the coming weeks as well. I don't expect to see much over the next week, personally. Not that I know anything, because I don't. But I feel like we've done a lot already. Uh, and I feel like maybe the rest of the players, we're waiting on them a little bit. There has been a little bit a bit of a teaser on Vernon and Pereira as well that I think we should quickly talk about. So Vernon, somebody spotted him on holiday <laughs> and um, tweeted him. And he tweeted back saying, have a good holiday and put a couple of beers. And t- I don't know, maybe we're reading a little bit too much into it. But to me, that means that there might be something in it, him coming back. But does that mean that we're going to get him and Pereira? So on about Pereira as well, on the second note, uh, Pereira has obviously been posted a video training in Bradford City kit from last season. And, um, yeah, he's put a few winks and a couple of likes here and there. And I think uh, Mark Douglas, who's um, a journalist, put something out um, saying that Pereira does want to move back. Uh, I don't know where who he sourced or where he's got that from, but it's interesting. I think he has got unfinished business. And I think Pereira, out of all those four players, you're looking at Paudi, Watt, Burnham and Pereira. I think he's the one that may just come back. Chris, I'll fire that to you. Yeah, well, Pereira was seen... His pre-season training, so he's calling it, isn't he? And was it? Was it? Am I right in thinking that he had his training kit on, Bradford City training kit on? And Mark Douglas probably knows he's from somewhere because he's, uh, I think he's Newcastle Chronicle, or he was anyway. I'm not sure if he is still, but he's a City fan. So, whether I th- I'm more hopeful about Pereira, I don't know why, but I just got this feeling that there's something going on. Talking to the lads from the Luton podcast, they seem to think there might be something going on there as well. So we'll see with that one. Thurnham, it's 50-50. I, I just can't read it. Just can't read whether he's going to stay here. I've got a feeling still he's going to go to Lincoln and you wouldn't blame him for that. It's going to, you know, we're just going to have to see. I, I'm sure we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we've got the kit coming out. You know, would one of these players be shown with a kit when it's brought out? Maybe. I don't know. I'm completely guessing there. So we'll just have to see what happens. But I think we'll be in a better position this time next week. I think we'll know a lot more about what's going on. Thank you, Chris. Um, So this is a new feature this week. Um, We've got a fan on that's going to join us. We're going to do this over the coming weeks as well. So if anybody's interested, feel free to drop us an inbox and we'll look to get you on. So the fan that we've got on this week is Craig Andrew, um, otherwise known as South Coast Bantam, I think, on Twitter. Is that right, Craig? Yeah, yeah, you got it, yeah. Thank you for joining us, mate. I think you were quite keen to come on, talking about football. I think it's something you like to do. So um, any opinions on what's going on at the minute at Bradford City? Yeah, it's quite an exciting time, really. And I know we always say this at the beginning of pre-season, like, I don't know, we're probably the most optimistic fans out there, Bradford City fans at the start of the season. So it slowly fills in with pessimism after about three or four games. But, you know, we we, we start off very optimistic. However, this has got a, a proper ring about it. You know, we've got a, a manager who's, you know, Premier League class, let's face it, uh, in charge, who started to get us playing well towards end of the season with what were, you know, some average players there. Um the players he's brought in, you know, they're not big names, but some someone like him, you, you trust his judgment with who he's brought in. 
So, yeah, I'm positive. You know, I was glad we got t- Jamie Walker tied down. I know there's a lot of pressure on getting Charles Vernon down, but, you know, I think we've got enough quality. Issa, if he's fit and ready to go again, you know, I don't think Vernon will be a big loss. Same with Paddy O'Connor, you know. Um, I know a lot of fans like him, but he's prone to a red card. I mean, I were there at Colchester when he, after after being booked, he just dived straight through back of someone. Uh, so, you know, I, I think probably uh, somebody with a bit more uh, of a, you know, wise head on his shoulders yeah. at the back. You know, I don't, I don't know what Platt's like, but maybe one, one more signing at the back. And I think I think we're, we're not far off, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it, mate? And um, when you talk about South Coast, whereabouts are you based? Because obviously you've got a Bradford accent still, which we're, we're proud of. We like that, mate. Um, keep yeah, yeah, although my lot call me a Southern Softy now. But yeah, I'm down... Uh, <laughs> Down in St. Leonard's, which is right next to Hastings. And then, yep. uh, but I was in Brighton before then. So I've been down here since 2006. So, uh, and as you can tell, accents mellowed after all yeah. that time. So, a little yeah. bit. It's still there, yeah. mate. It's still but it's, there. you know, bright sunshine, beach. Can't really argue. You know, every time I come up north and, you know, I see the house prices and stuff like that, it's tempting. But then uh, yesterday I was walking on beach, you know, in water, and yeah. you can't replace that, really. So, Craig. Yeah, completely. So, Craig, I'll ask you, so how many, do you get to go to many City games at the moment, obviously, since you've moved down there? Yeah, well, you know, whenever I go visit, I always structure it around an home game. Uh, so, you know, my me, me family, it's nice to see them and that, but I always make sure there's an home game on. Uh, you know, it, it has to happen. And, and the, the plans for the Saturday revolve around, you know, seeing me on the way to Bradford and all that lot. Um, and, you know, we've got a fair few away games this season because it depends on who stays up and goes down you know Sutton not going up is actually quite a good thing for me because it's it's not too far it's literally a, a stone's throw from my father-in-law's house in, in Sutton so you know I can get to that uh, Crawley's not a bad one to go to Gillingham Colchester's not too far you know so so I get to a few it's it's, it's quite nice actually not as many as I'd like to though and you all set up for hosting me and Chris when we come down to the Sutton away game have you got that spare bedroom ready? What at my father-in-law's? Yeah, well, he's got quite a big anyway. house, so I'm sure I'm sure we'll be able yeah. to sort some of that out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm only kidding, mate. But um, who knows? We might we might get on road a bit next season, so it'd be nice to travel a bit. And it's a new away day for me, Sutton. Never been. So what about you, Chris? Probably new as well, I guess. No, I've not been to Sutton yet. That's definitely yeah. on my list to go down to. Um, I mean, like like I said to Craig, um, I used to live down south, so a lot of the games I used to go to Yeovil used to be. Wow, an enjoyable one, or I'd say an enjoyable one. I don't think we actually won. I don't there think we get many while. points there, do we? No. 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 Is that John so, Terry's brother played as well at that point. He played for him, didn't he? I'm sure. He Paul Terry. Paul yeah. Terry's name. Yeah, yeah. Remember him in green and white. Um, interesting. So, last question I've got about where you live: fish and chips. Look, down south, right? Do you have bones in fish and chips? Do you have the bones in the fish and the skin? Depends off? where you get them. So, if you right. get the ones which are. Where all tourists go for the fish and chips, there, you know, it could be from anywhere at fish, but there's a few places where where actually it's locally caught fish. So in Hastings, we've got uh, a proper fishing industry down here. Um, so if you go to the right fish and chip shops, you get some proper nice fish. They, yeah, it's got bones in it, but only small ones. But yeah. it's the price you pay for the taste, I'm afraid. What about the skin? Do you have skin on as well? Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, oh. and if you can oh. get get yourself some fresh mackerel or fresh bass. Cook it yourself. Easy, easy, does it? Yeah. I'm an addict man, me, Chris. You, you're probably a bit more adventurous when it comes to food, I imagine. But yeah, had a call away for me. I do try, but I, do, I tell you one thing that Southerners do. Um, 
they do like to have a lager top, so they do like to have a bit of uh, lime in the lager. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. And I'm also not a fan, and I do, you know, the, the, the pubs that I go to, they know me enough now. That I don't want none of those skimmed pints. I want a body on it. You know what I mean? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to take my own sparkler with me. You know, so you know the thing that, <laughs> that yeah, goes through the beer because it was just so flat down there. So you, I would actually ask them to do it and have yeah. to show them how to do it. But I completely understand your pain there, mate. Honestly, yeah. no way done a pint. I don't know what they were playing at. But yeah, as I say, now nowadays the pubs that I go to, the straight away, they're straight on it. So I don't feel like they're robbing me out. By, by putting a big head on it, yeah. No, don't want any Bradford aggro, do they, when you come No, in no, definitely you? not, no. <laughs> so, so, so getting on to Bradford City talk then. So the first thing I want to ask you uh, is if your favourite Bradford City moment, so this could be anything uh, in the history of you supporting them. Do you know, it, there's, there's been a fair few. There's been a fair few. Lots of ups, lots of downs, you know, two administrations, uh, promotion to, to championship, to promotion at Premier League. Uh, but I'd have to say I was quite fortunate to to get a ticket to Chelsea away. Um, so a good good uh, friend of my mother's queued outside uh, Valley Parade when they were doing tickets just to give me his ticket. So I was really, you know, really fortunate to go there. And uh, I would actually sat with random Bradford City fans because you know uh, they were kind of the ticket allocation. And um, and there was this fella next to me, and we were two 0 down. And I was saying, if we get a goal, I reckon, I reckon we can come come back. And, right. uh, and lo and behold, John Stead pops one in, and I, and and then the rest of it's a blur. To be honest with you, uh, I, I had to watch the highlights to to see who scored the goals because it was just chaos. Uh, but and I couldn't speak for about two days afterwards. And it, it was it was just, I think for most football fans, if you could if you could go to any game. Uh, I think quite a lot are even neutral fans that have picked that game. It was just a uh, fantastic place to be. Great yeah, atmosphere. I, I could say I was there as well that day. It was just still even now. I remember at half time we were talking to a, a couple of fans and we said, you know what, we'll go home now. We've scored our own goal at Stamford Bridge. Let's go home. And that second half was just crazy. And I just remember walking outside the ground and hardly anyone, everyone was just in complete disarray. It was oh, unbelievable. Yeah, it, I've never, I've never gone to a game like it before. You know, just where we actually played good football against them. This is the thing; it won't just lumping the ball up and to stead and hoping it sticks, and then you know get or, or catching them on counter. We actually, I mean, you look at that fourth goal that Mark Yates scored, where we, you know, threw it in. John Stead holds it up, back heels, and then Yates he finishes it with class. It, yeah, we just played them off the park, and this was a team that. Mourinho had never scored for uh, conceded four goals at home. Uh, you know they'd never they'd not lost home all 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 season, and and we went there and battered them really uh, that second half. Fantastic game of football, um, unbelievable. And I think a lot of people now we bring it up, don't we, every year like the anniversary of it, and people are saying not this again. But it's amazing, really. For me, it's the biggest FA Cup shock of the circumstances. You're away from home, two 0 down against, like you say, the champions of England who haven't lost at home and. You come back and win. So for me, it is the biggest shock, and I feel like we should celebrate every opportunity personally. But yeah, so it's a good place to start that, mate. So I'll move on to the second question. Yeah. So this one's obviously um, up to you into how you answer it. But uh, funniest moment following Bradford City. So it might be something you've seen or something you're involved in. Totally up to you. Oh, funniest moment following Bradford City. Oh, God, yeah. I, there's there's been a few. There's been a few. Uh, but I'd probably say. You know, and it, and it is a it is a classic one, but you know, 
uh, McCall, just just everything about McCall, like whenever he represents our club. I mean, the, you know, we we were there that that day when he were up. Yeah, here we go, classy McCall. We were there that day when he were up on up on uh, on car and falling off, and it, you know. It, the, the thing is, it's the way that he's carried on as a manager. He's just a lad's lad. And I think, you know, uh, whether it's bit him in the backside or not, uh, but he's, he's just a proper nice fella. Whenever you come across him, uh, you know, he's, he's just all about the love of the game and, and he finds those funny moments and that, that bit where he fell off it. But it's the fact that he got up, just got <laughs> up and laughed it off, you know what I mean? Yeah. No? <laughs> like modern footballers now, they'd be down and they'd be, you know, in, on on injury, uh, it, you know, at least for about six months. Yeah. So uh, you know, where, whereas McCall is just a top lad, top laugh. So yeah. that or the uh, the uh, I'd, I'd like to say the John Stead uh, so what interview. I, yeah. uh, I I love that of it. He's like, yeah, so what? It just like epitomizes what I don't know. We're we're always a bit of the um, maybe it comes and bites us back in the butt, but. We're we're, no, we're nobody's favourite opposition, are we? And uh, and and he kind of, even though he were only on loan at that time, he came came and epitomised what it means to be a Bradford City player at that time. And he was like, yeah, nobody likes us, nobody likes the decisions that go against us. But so what? You know, classic classic line. Loved it. Was that against Sunderland? Was that in the FA Cup against Sunderland when he uh, the yeah. ball? They said they want to show him the ball went over the line, and he just said, so what? No, so yeah. It, 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 it is hand. It is hand. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and he went, so what if it come off my hand? Clouds as a goal, doesn't it? So, uh, you know, like like when Aaron McLean scored one. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then we, he, scored uh, one? He, he scored one and it was definitely an handball. Can't remember who it were against. And, uh, and we, we, in the cup or something like that. Yeah, and we were all, so he scores with his hands. He scores with his hands. Yeah, he it, it couldn't score with his feet, could he? I was going to so, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but could score, yeah. Oh, um, but no, some, some great examples there, Craig. Um, next question, I'll give it to Chris. I don't know if you can see the agenda. I'll pass it to you, mate. Yeah, so here we go. So, what is your all-time favourite City eleven All-time. Starting from the back. Yeah, so I, th- I think I'll go with a four-four-two because, I mean, number one, when you're playing lower league football, that's what you should be doing. This wing- wing-back nonsense don't get as far, does it? So, um, But yeah, I think... It's difficult for goalkeeper because Gary Walsh was someone who I absolutely loved as a as a player, uh, but for sheer kind of supporters, uh, player uh, Donovan Ricketts, love that man. He were he were class at a time where we weren't playing really good football. He, he was a bit of a man mountain. He were, he were prone to a dodgy decision or two, uh, but you know he were he were a, he were a really good player. And obviously, when his work permit didn't get renewed, he went off to LA Galaxy. Had a good career after that. But um, yeah, Donovan Ricketts for me as a goalkeeper, um, left back Wayne Jacobs all day long, all day long. Uh, the man's an absolute legend. Where you know we've had some really good kind of left backs, you know James Meredith and and stuff since Connor Woodward, half decent, uh, but. Wayne Jacobs, he used to just get the ball and tear down. And, and even when he didn't have the ball, uh, you, you knew we were going to make that run down the wing and get hold of it and put a good cross in the box. It was fantastic with Wayne Jacobs. Um, Centre-back, this, this is a bit more of a difficult one. Uh, I think you've got to go Andy O'Brien. Uh, there's a reason Newcastle paid so much money for him. He was he he class, cool, composed. Um, I actually met him once opening up a local... Uh, supermarket on my uh, I, I, I lived on Woodside Estate when I was up in Bradford 
And uh, it was the most random thing. It were him and Gareth Wally just opening up the shop. Uh, so it was peak of the promotion campaign as well. So they should have been concentrating on proper stuff, but no, they were there opening the shop. So, uh, But yeah, Andy O'Brien. And I think it's a difficult one, but I think Andrew Davies loved that guy. Like he'd he'd dive in for an header at ground level, like just an absolute. There were no wonder he got as in, injured as often as he did because he just threw his whole body into every single challenge, and I, I loved him for it. He, he plays and defends the way that I like to see people play and defend. You know that old-fashioned centre back, um, right back Stephen Darby. You can't can't beat it, can't beat it. I just did a massive charity walk for him. Uh, you know, is is it just. He's my classic. If I had to put a captain's armband on any of our former players, I love Stuart McCall, but, but Stephen Darby gets it for me. Um, best right back I've seen us play. So that's the defence sorted. Uh, I'm going to go controversial on, on, on left mid because it's a loan signing uh, and it's Matty Effrin. And I don't know if you guys ever saw mm, Matty Effrin. Yeah. When he came on loan to us, there's no way he should have been playing at that level. He were already class. And, uh, you know, he just saw defences apart, just no fear, uh, like classic winger. Just ran at people and, uh, and, and you know, his, his delivery with class. Were at West Ham when he came to us? He was at West Ham, yeah, he'd been at Peterborough. Him and Simon Davies were at Peterborough and, and, you know, one went to West Ham, one went to Spurs. But I think Effrington, after his loan spell with us, started to do all right at West Ham. But I think he was still quite young when he came to us, but... He, he was just a class above. Um, you know, it, it was a toss-up between him and Peter Beagre. Uh, I loved Peter Beagre, uh, but but Matty Efferent and he just got me up off off my seat whenever he uh, whenever he started running with ball. Um, right wing, Jamie Lawrence. Love the guy. Love the guy. Uh, like when he first came to us, he, he his crossing was somewhat to be, um, you know, wanted. He, he used to run down wing, you'd get off off your seat and then he'd spank it 50 yards into other uh, stand. And then all of a sudden, he just, that promotion season, he became class, absolute class. I remember one goal he scored against Norwich where he just ran mm. straight down the middle of the pitch and it was like the parting of the seas. It just opened up and he just ran and ran and ran. And then it went, it got, and we were like, have we just seen Jamie Lawrence just take on like the whole of Norwich's <laughs> yeah, and, and I remember the one where he scored against West Ham away, where he did, again he did a similar thing, just ran head down, didn't even look up, and then all of a sudden just chipped it. And it was straight over Stephen Bywater. I always remember that because it was Stephen Bywater's professional debut for West Ham, yeah. and at one point he was just shaking his head, going, "What? What is this game all about?" Oh, class, class game. Was that five four in the end? Yeah, five four of them. Yeah, that's the one where yeah. Di Canio, after he'd been fouled for about three times by Gunnar Haller. Yeah. He was like, ah, sub me off, sub me off. Yeah. And then uh, and then got straight up and scored. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Classic De, De Canio, really. Um, so, centre mid, Gary Jones gets it for me, one of them. Uh, for a man of his kind of ripe years when he came, it was 36, although, you know, I'm 40 now and I still like to hope there's a one-year contract somewhere. Um, you look a bit like Gary Jones, Craig, to be fair. Uh, well, <laughs> when, I, when I went next to him, I actually did look a lot like people would yeah. take it. Oh, that um, Spider-Man thing, who's who, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because yeah. I met when I got up to Valley Parade of a month after my walk and uh, I got to meet Gary Jones, it was, uh, my mum were like, you do look incredibly similar, although he's got a fine beard uh, on him. He's, he's got a finely trimmed beard. He's got a better barber than I have, I think. 
So, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, he came to us at 36. He'd been classed for Rochdale. And then, oh, some more stuff to come up here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, he's, he'd been classed for Rochdale. Um, and then come to us, and there wasn't much expectation, to be honest with you. It was just kind of a steady hand. That's That, that was the anticipation. And then he came in and he just ran that midfield. And, and the whole team uh, just responded to him because he kind of led by example. You get you get these players and, and you see it. Like I always remember David Beckham um, for Greece. You know, uh, when, when we played Greece yeah. and he scored that. You know, Beckham, England were playing so poorly that game. And then he just single-handedly lifted the whole performance of the team. Think about Roy Keane versus Juventus in Champions League semi-final. The, the, there's ve- it's very rare that you see players single-handedly like lift a whole team, but Gary Jones did that for a full season. We had mm-hmm. a lot of kind of fledgling players who were finding their feet, and uh, and he was just that calm, steady rock all the way through the season. Uh, and he got our, our only shot on goal against Swansea, did so <laughs> where we all cheered, we were like, "Hey!" <laughs> it from about thirty yards, but we were on target, so we had someone to cheer. Uh, so yeah, Gary Jones gets it for me there, and then uh, and then the one there on the Stuart McCall, uh, absolute club legend. Nobody beats him for me. Um, yeah, I've I've spoken about him before, but he's he's just world class. Uh, it's a shame it never worked out for him. I've never wanted some to work out so much as Stuart McCall as our manager. Um, I think that boat sailed now. I'd love to see him come back in a coaching capacity at some point, uh, but. Yeah, an absolute an absolute legend of a player. Uh, I was lucky enough to, when I first started going watching Bradford, I saw him first time round, and he was too good for us then. Came back when we got promoted to the Premiership, he was still too good for us then. That that you know, bear in mind he was a similar age to Gary Jones when he came to us, and he was still class. And then he was good enough to move to Sheffield United as a player uh, at that age. Uh, even you know, once we went back down, but he, yeah, I, I mean he used to, and I love it. I love when I see it. You watch any old McCall highlights and he just dives in for tackles, slides in. But every time he used to go away with ball, every time, he never, you know, it was very rare he'd commit a foul. Uh, but he would always down on the ground, take the player out, take the ball and pass it nicely. Class. Mm-hmm. Um, front two. Now, this is, I've been thinking about this. It's quite tricky because, I mean, I did see... Campbell play, but not enough to know enough about him. Whereas I'd say um, Dean Windass when he came to us, um, we we were doing well. We had Lee Mills, we had Robbie Blake, and, and we were doing well. And, and promotion were were a good shout. But Dean Windass came in, and he was class. He just lifted us to that next level where we went up, and then obviously um, came back to us when we were struggling. And scored lots of goals in those lower divisions before eventually moving back on to Hull. Uh, but yeah, so Dean Windass for me, just just because of the amount of years that he put into us, the stuff he's done afterwards as well. He's, he's you know he's a proper clubman, um, and just just how bonkers he was as well. Yeah. Like back in the day in Premier, he was a good laugh, absolute good laugh. And then um, it's, it's a toss up between Naki Wells and Robbie Blake. But I think I'm going to go Robbie Blake just because, ah, uh, like Naki Wells as a clinical finisher was fantastic for us, absolutely fantastic. Um, he kind of left under a bit of a cloud. That soured it a little bit for me. Why he went to Huddersfield of all places, I, I don't know. 
Um, you know, and I, and I think that kind of soured it. I still love Naki Wells, but but whereas Robbie Blake kind of he, he was forced out of our club in a way, never really wanted to leave, and he was class for us. I remember. I don't know if you remember the play, you know that that season, but where where I talked about Jamie Lawrence had run with his head down and wouldn't necessarily know where he was going, but all of a sudden it had up. Robbie class, uh, Robbie Blake knew what he was doing. He'd mm-hmm. sit people down left, right, and centre. Um, he's the only player to have scored a goal at Valley Parade where I saw a referee clap afterwards. Um, yeah, I think it was against Bristol City. He just sat about three players down and chipped it all at goalkeeper, and it was just absolute. You know, I I, I would always have the mind that we're going to call my first child Robbie Blake, and uh, it never happened because uh, once I sounded out the idea, it came back with a solid no. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Robbie Robbie Blake gets it for me. So yeah, Windass and Blake. So, I, who would captain? You're sorry. Who would captain your team? See, I've put a few in there, haven't I? Yeah. I, I, Stephen Darby for me. Stephen okay. Darby for me. Yeah, definitely. Just he's he's just a he's just a world class fella, isn't he? So. That comment, Chris. You're going to say something? I would just, no. I was just going to go back on the Robbie Blake bit, but. We'll cut that bit. That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> Going back on time. No, I think that's a good team, mate. I think you'll put, put a message in for him. We're going to cut it, I think, Chris. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good team, that. To be yeah. fair, I know what you're saying with Derby. It was a, a really good professional. And it, it was sad how it ended. You know, we, we, McMahon sort of took over that right-back position and he just sort of pushed out a little bit. And did he go to Bolton? Did Parkinson? Yeah, yeah, he went to Bolton, didn't he? It was, I think it was quite clear that we didn't really... I don't know if we we didn't offer him terms, but for whatever reason, it just didn't quite work out in terms of his, a new contract because it didn't seem like he really wanted to leave us. And no. I've said this before when I've when I've talked about Stephen Darby, and, and he, he was one of the few players where when he's gone, he's gone with my best wishes. You know, yeah. I actually wanted him to go on, succeed, get back to the Premier League, uh, just because of the, the the effort that he put in as a as a as a player. Yeah. You know, he never he never gave up. He'd play 90, 120 minutes and he'd, he'd never, never stop, never stop. And, and you know, I'll always back anybody with a Claret and Amber shirt, but there's been a few players in, in recent years since since those days that, that haven't put in that. And, and for me as a fan, that is all I want to see. I want to see that bare minimum that you will run around for that shirt, for that contract. It's a very privileged position being a professional footballer. And yet some of the kind of, players we've had in the, in the in the last few years they've not quite got what it means to be a Bradford City player hopefully Hughes has turned the tide on that and, and we're going to start to see those kind of players again um, you know there's been a few in our team but but not enough I'd say It's, it's like the missing piece in the jigsaw isn't it that centre mid, central midfielder or centre back that like you say you know gets the game by the scruff of the neck and, and drives rest of the team on that I think that's what we're missing and that's the bit of the recruitment I think we're all waiting on a little bit um, personally, anyway, that's what that's my opinion. Yeah, I think we're probably missing. Yeah, we we got if we had one of one of those kind of thirty plus defender or midfielder, someone who can just you know, and and maybe, maybe we do just need that experienced defender, um, just to kind of lead the line. I think we've got enough rounds that will, um, yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be in for a good time next season. Fingers crossed. Fingers so. crossed. Let's hope. Let's hope. So what, uh, just before you go, mate, I'm, I think we're going to cut it now at that point. But what, what are you thinking of the pod so far? Have you got any feedback for us? Anything you think we can do better? Um, any any ideas? 
Yeah, no, it's looking fantastic, lads. You know, it's it's we get a lot of people on uh, on Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff, but but it's it's really good to do this kind of thing because because you know if you get former players on there, you get you got Sparks on, yeah. who whenever I've had interaction with him, he's a top fella, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it's it's really good for him to get to get the fans on, um, because because. There's no more than uh, Bradford City fans love talking about Bradford City, so you'll get plenty of takers. But it's yeah. just such a rich history that we've got, um, such a big fan base, such untapped potential. There's plenty to talk about, and they'll always they'll always be that way because we're never going to be a Man City or a Man. Uh, I'm going to say Man United there. Let's let's scratch that. <laughs> uh, we're never going to be a Man City or a Liverpool where where you know we're going to be winning you know, most of our games. We're always going to have ups and downs, so there's always going to be something to talk about. But that's that's part of the joy of being a Bradford City fan. The City Vent. You're listening to The City Vent. The City Vent. The City Vent. Yes, thank you, Chris. You are listening to The City Vent. Hello everyone and welcome to part two of the podcast. Um, we've got a special guest for you today. We've got Richard O'Donnell, um, former Bradford City goalkeeper, unfortunately. So welcome Richard, how are you doing? All good, thank you. You? Good mate, very good. And can Richard. we call you Richard or, or Shagger or I mean, what, what's the, what, what would you like to be referred to there? You can call me whatever you want mate. <laughs> All right, and uh, this chant that uh, obviously Bradford City fans have created, is that come from anywhere apart from you just being a good-looking man? Or, I mean, is it, has it got any context to it? I imagine not. Not that I know of, mate, unless <laughs> people have got a uh, mistaken identity. But um, it's funny because uh, I think my wife first heard it when we played Mansfield away and my lad came as well. Oh. And my lad were like, what are they singing that for? And they were like, um... <laughs> Don't know really, not sure. But no, yeah, I think I don't. I don't know. Obviously, it started at Exeter first game of the season last year, and uh, just took off from there. What are your thoughts on it? Good, bad, or otherwise? I mean, you seem to sort of take it in good spirit, but is it a bit embarrassing or? No, I just I laugh at it. To be fair, it's, it's sometimes yeah. we play games, and obviously away games are probably it, it's more evident to me because fans are they tend to be louder away and they're right behind you in, in stadiums are a bit smaller, so you hear it more. So sometimes I can't help but laugh while the game's going on and it's just, uh, nah, it's just one of them. It's all it's all good fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good one. Well, you're looking well, mate. Anyway, you've been on all the end. You've been um, looking at your Instagram. You're like, you've had a good time. We have, mate. Yeah, we have. We'd, like most people, we've not been away for uh, for three years, so it's been, uh, it was nice to get away. Kids loved it, which was the main thing. And uh, yeah, we had a great time. So happy days. Are you back in training at Rochdale and he's starting at some point when's pre-season start? We start on Monday, week on Monday. Right. I think most Excited. people starting back any time that week, to be fair. I think Bradford the 23rd, maybe, I heard. Uh, yeah. So, wet 20th. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, to be fair, mate. Obviously, it's been four years since I've since I had something new and something different. So, you know, it's a fresh challenge and I'm looking forward to it, to be fair. It's like going back to school for the first day, isn't it? You're... Uh, New people, new surroundings, but no, they've, uh, you know, I get, I get a really good feel from the place. It's, uh, it's a really, really family oriented place. I took my kids down there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, they were, they were brilliant with them. Uh, and obviously, speaking to the manager and that, it's, uh, 
it sounds like a good project that he's trying to put together for next season. So I'm excited for it. Well, congratulations on the move anyway. Um, obviously, we're a bit gutted that you've gone, mate, but wish you all the best. And uh, just, well, Thank maybe not against us. Maybe not against us. Drop a few <laughs> flags if you want. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how um, so I'll pass it to Chris now to ask the first question. So, Rich, I'm going to ask you, because um, obviously you've you played for quite a few clubs in your career. Who's the best manager you worked with and why? So, the best manager I've, I've worked with, I'll always say the same so far, uh, Dean Smith. Uh, he was at Walsall and now obviously at Norwich. who has been obviously in Premier League with Villa uh, and Norwich this season. Uh, he was just, he was brilliant. He was down to earth, win, lose or draw. You'd come in on a Monday, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, I've been in some places and some some dressing rooms and some, some clubs and some managers where you come in on a Monday after a loss and people are scared to talk. People are thinking like, are you allowed to, you know, are you allowed to have a bit of a laugh still or, you know, because no, listen, no one goes out on a Saturday to lose a game of football. But <clears throat> when you come back in on the Monday, you've got to get on with it. It's, it is what it is. But some some people and some managers that I've worked with, are, you know, if you seem to be having a laugh or a joke on a Monday after you've lost, it can be it's like end of world losing a game. And listen, no one likes it. no one likes to lose, but it's part and parcel of football. You've got to get on with it. There's no point in moping and sulking about it on a Monday. But Dean was brilliant. Like I said, win, lose or draw. You would do a debrief on the on the Monday, look at good things, bad things. And he was just a brilliant man manager, looked after the lads. He was a real uh, players manager in, in the sense that he'd look after you. Uh, on and off the pitch, he, he was really, really good. So he probably doesn't surprise you how well his career's come on from from Walsall, really, then? No, absolutely not. Like I say, he went to Brentford when they were in Championship and did really well there. And then got his sort of dream move to, to Villa. Obviously, he's a boyhood Villa fan and he's... His dad was a, a Boyhood Villa fan and I know how close he was to his dad and how proud that sort of made his dad. Um, so it was a lovely story, him going back there and being successful, getting promoted and then doing well in the Premier League with him. So, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. He's, uh, like I say, he's, he's been, he was brilliant. Uh, like, tactically, was fantastic as well. Awesome. So, next question uh, is a bit of a sort of a double-ended one. So, who's the best player you've played with on your team? And also, who's the best player that you've played against? So, I played with, played with some good players, to be fair. Uh, when I was at Bristol City, we played, we had Tammy Abraham on loan. He was he was brilliant. Lee Tomlin, he, uh, he's had a, a bit of a tough time in recent years, uh, Lee, but technically he was unbelievable what a, what a player he was he'd do things that people wouldn't even consider trying uh, Remain Sawyers when I was at Walsall with him he was technically really really good uh, yeah a lot a lot of really good players to be fair like look at look at sort of Bristol City really who, who people would remember while like I say Tammy Abraham Joe Bryan Bobby Reed, Aidan Flint uh, Aaron Wilbraham who's retired now but what a top pro he was he was he was fantastic um People like that, and then playing against—it's uh, a tough one. That really. I remember making my, when I made my debut at Sheffield Wednesday. We played Southampton away, and there was like Oxley Chamberlain playing, uh, Lambert, people like that. Fonte centre half. There were some top players playing there. Uh, I was lucky enough to actually play against like Walcott and Bale when they're in like Southampton sort of youth team when I was at Sheffield Wednesday as well. And they nice. were myself, they were brilliant. Like yeah. Gareth Bale was just a joke at that age, even. Um, and then, obviously, like just through cup games and stuff, you play against good Premier League players, playing playing in them. 
but again, playing at Championship, there's there's a lot of very very good players in in the Championship. So you know, there's there's a lot a lot of players who are. I don't, like I say, I remember that Sheffield Wednesday my debut game because obviously it was my it was my club and not they are my club and uh, you know making my debut for them was special and obviously like I say playing against like Oxley Chamberlain and players like that so it were uh, I just remember that more than any. Yeah, so like so obviously you left uh, Walsall to to join Bradford. What 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 made you do that? What what, what was it about Bradford that inspired you to to come and join us? Yeah, so I left Northampton to come to, to come to Bradford. Yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. And uh, it was just it was one of them for me that I think someone said it when I actually left that a few years before when I left when I actually left Walsall, I did come into Bradford. I met I met Parky a couple of times and sort of nearly signed. Then uh, yeah. I ended up signing for Wigan because uh, they'd just been relegated from the Championship and. You know, they had still really good players and a massive budget to sort of try and get back up. They had parachute payments still from Premier League because they actually had a, a couple of bad seasons. So they were they were in a really strong position. So I made that choice to go there then. But it's always a club, obviously, when you're reasonably local to a club like Bradford that you look at and think, yeah, that's somewhere you'd want to go and play. Obviously, the, the stadium, the fan base and everything sort of speaks for itself. And I suppose when you're sort of like a Yorkshire lad, it's one of them clubs that you look at and think, yeah, I'd love to go and play there one day. And Obviously, I'm lucky enough to go and do that. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, we had a very difficult season. Uh, obviously, League One, uh, obviously, off the field, it seemed to fall apart. Was it was it obvious to the players what was going on behind the scenes? Was there a bit of turmoil going on because of that? Um, it was pretty. It was pretty obvious that you know there was. A lot of discontent around the club with with the chairman. It was it was pretty obvious, and I mean my my personal you know dealings with with Edin were were fine really. When I met him, he he, he was there when I when I signed, um, you know, and he, he was sort of fine with me personally. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, I didn't really agree with a lot of things that were going on at the club at the time, and even before I came, I heard stories of. You know, people who have been around the club for a long, long time, twenty odd years, like getting sacked from the club, and and then obviously being sort of working with him at the club at that time, it was it was difficult because obviously the the fans didn't well, they didn't like him obviously for for a lot of reasons, and uh, so yeah, it was it, you, you could tell it was it wasn't it doesn't affect the players as such. You can't use that as an excuse for the for the poor season. Because uh, we had a we had a very very good squad, and to be fair to Wedding, he signed a lot of very good players that year. It just didn't click together and didn't work. Um, and I know, he, like I said, he, he paid a lot of money for on wages and transfers in that season for players. So you can't sort of blame him for that side of things. But things that were going on behind the scenes, you sort of hear. And obviously, I'd like to think I'm a man of principle, and I, and I didn't agree with a lot of the things that were, were going on and what I heard. And have you got an example of anything? I mean, I don't know if you can share it with us, but is anything that went on that you're a bit like, well, that's that's not quite right? No, I mean, like, obviously, Mickey and Drew were two very young sort of managers. And I think that Edin sort of used that at times to, to sort of try and manipulate as much as he could and try and do things his way. I think that was pretty pretty obvious. Um, you know, I can remember after two or three games, maybe four games in the season, uh, Edin pulled me 
and uh, I think it was the rest of the lads that actually signed that summer who pulled him into the, pulls into the office and starts sort, sort of saying like what's going on like you lot need to be better and this that and the other and you know we sort of just putting the blame on us and sort of saying like you lot need to do better you lot need to you know pull this together for, with all the lads and, and turn this around and we're only three or, get three or four games in the season at this point and I'm thinking it's not quite right that, that the chairman's pulling us in this was at the training ground and Obviously, he was he was around the training ground quite a bit, which is not too uncommon. It happens. Chief execs and chairman are always hanging around. You don't have a problem with that, but you sort of want them to just, you know, keep themselves to themselves and let the let people do what they need to do. And I just found that quite odd that he, he pulled us in after a few a few uh, a few games and sort of tried to give us a bit of a rallying call. Really, like I say, it was still very early on in the season and. For me, that should be them sort of things should be left to the managers and the manager. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, he used to sort of text me on a. <clears throat> I remember once he texted me at like six o'clock on a Tuesday night when we had a game, and he texted me just saying like, "Come on, you need to get the lads like up for this game and this that, and the other." And I'm thinking, well, yeah, obviously I will. That's sort of what I try and do. But it's just a bit odd that he's texting me at six o'clock on yeah. a Tuesday night when we've got a game at the same time. So. Listen again for me. What like personally, it did nothing to me for me to sort of dislike him. But there was, like I said, there was things where you're thinking it's not quite right and stuff. But and like I said, just hearing stories of what sort of happened the year before and stuff, you sort of got a feel for why the fans sort of disliked him. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. Sorry, uh, it's, it's true that he, um, his office used to be above the training ground, right? They used to watch out and watch you guys. Uh, no. Not really. Be, I mean, you can't even from from his off from the from where the the sort of changing rooms in our building was. Well, is at the training ground. You can't see the training pitches anyway, right? So he couldn't see that. Like I say, he came to so the that, training ground. Didn't I? Don't think he actually had an office at the training ground. There was the right, manager's was, room and then the coach's room. Right, there's not really it, much yeah. room at the. Yeah, it's there's not really much room at the training ground for uh, <laughs> for to have a, a the chairman having an office. To be honest. So no, he never had an office there, but he was he was like I say, he was there, which is not uncommon. A lot of people do. Uh, yeah. Chief execs like Ryan now comes comes quite often and either watches training or comes in for dinner and has you know sits around the lads and then, and then has a chat with the manager and the coaches. It's not uncommon. Um, but like I say, like Ryan for example would just leave, like he'd sit and talk to the lads, but he would never get the lads in and sort of start asking questions and this that and the other. He'd leave that to the person in charge. So you talked about obviously Tuesday night at six o'clock there. This one's a little bit left field and might catch you by surprise a little bit. But I um I run these Twitter spaces and, and a, a chap came on and said that Theo Robinson um had six cheeseburgers before a match once on a Tuesday night. Um now I don't <laughs> can, you, can you confirm or deny that, Richard? Just... <laughs> Listen, I I can't confirm or deny that because I wouldn't know whether he did or not, but yeah. I would like to think he didn't. Um, yes. And I wouldn't have thought he did. I would never say he did do that. I don't know right. where someone's got that from, unless he's seen well, him personally do it. Well, apparently he did it at the Forster Square McDonald's. He ordered six before a game on a Tuesday night, and then <laughs> somebody got injured in the warm-up, so he ended up starting. But like I say, it could be a lot of rubbish. But I thought I'd ask you, mate. I'm not even sure who could eat six burgers from McDonald's, <laughs> yeah, especially. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that'd happen, mate. To be fair, no, I don't think Theo would do that. So, so on, on the ridiculous side, then, have you got any sort of funny stories while you've been at Bradford about any of the players or anything that went on? Anything you can think of? Oh, dear. Funny stories. 
uh, there's always been like different <laughs> different bits of Christmas do's lying around, but generally I can't think of anything that particularly stands out. I mean, Christmas do's are just funny, full stop. Obviously, we didn't have one for a couple of years because of COVID and we were supposed to go this year and it got called off last minute because COVID sort of came back, didn't it, towards Christmas and things got closed down a bit again. We were supposed to go into Manchester, but... Um, I think if there's anything that will. There's a good one with Levi this year. Levi would. I'm not sure he'd really appreciate me telling everyone, to be honest. So I don't know if I can, but. I'll do it. It'll be right. (laughs) I think he got. I think he got. I don't know if I can tell you. I don't. If it were me, I won't like me. I don't like people telling. You've got. You've got now. You've committed, Rich. Come on. Basically, lads. Lads offered him money to do something, and he did it. And then they were never going to pay him. But it, I don't. I'm not going to tell you what it were because it, it's it, it hygienically it was horrendous. Brave? Would you say we're brave? <laughs> brave or stupid or both? Stupid. Levi's <laughs> stupid. I'm not. I'm not yeah. a bit afraid to say that he's he's stupid. He, some of the things he comes out with. I'm right, trying to yeah. think of some of the comments he's come out with before, but he'd say it, and you'd literally sat there thinking, "Are you being serious?" And it'd be yeah. deadly serious. Like randomly, just come out with something like, uh, he said something about travelling to the moon or something one one day. But it was ridiculous. And everyone's just like looking at him thinking, are you being serious? But he's deadly serious. He just comes out with things that no one would even think of. He's a is, it, is, he, um, Andy, is he intelligent or is he a bit dim then, would you say? Like what what what, what side of the coin would he I wouldn't say, No, I wouldn't even say he's not intelligent. I think he's just... Not, <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's intelligent. I'd be doing a, bit of a disservice. I didn't say he was intelligent, but he's just he just comes out with some things, and you're thinking, where are you coming from here? Like bizarre. I mean, Andy cooks him sometimes. He comes out with some belters. Yeah. Him and Callum are like him and Callum are like chuckle brothers because they just they they argue like mad. Yeah. And sometimes you're thinking, God, this is going to kick off a bit here. But they always just, they're always at it all the time. Gilly says they're at it all the time in car. And they're just like chuckle brothers. Honestly, they're all the time. Like as soon as they want, as soon as they come into the building, they'd, they'd be on each other and it'd get yeah. a bit serious sometimes. But then like one of them would walk away. We'd, we'd all be laughing and then they'd come back in 10 minutes later laughing again. But yeah, they, yeah, that Levi one. I wish I could tell you properly, but yeah. Maybe we, yeah, we, we stop the cameras rolling at the end, mate, and you can share it with us. And we'll, yeah, uh, as long as you don't tell everyone, I'll do that. No, I, I have heard that about Levi before. I did when you said when we said funny questions, I thought, oh, funny stories. I thought Levi's going to come out of this because I have heard he's quite a character, so it doesn't surprise me. Levi's done that. Leave, leave it. I'll have to, th- I'll have to think yeah, while we're going about Levi because he's come out, with, he's come, he's come up with some good stuff, Levi. I mean, his we'll video, his video when he signed were bizarre, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We asked Ryan about that, and uh, he basically said that it was the the production team did it. But what on earth, crazy! Just didn't make any sense. I sent him, I sent him link. Like, What's it? I was just like laughing faces. I'm like, what's this? And he was like, oh mate, they've stitched me up massively. But obviously, <laughs> remember when Andy Cook did that celebration at Colchester? Yeah, yeah. That, um, Batista one. Yeah. From wrestling, obviously, you sort of got like, but Levi never did anything like that, so it didn't, I didn't see where it sort of came in. It was just bizarre. He's got to um, do like a sliver on pitch when he scores or something like a rattle. He's got to score, you don't get far enough forward. <laughs> yeah. 
So just um, getting us back on like a bit of a, a serious point, Well, you can think about the story. I, mean, I can't wait yeah. to hear something else. Um, so this one, again, it's up to you if you want to answer it or not, but is there a fundamental issue um, at Bradford City? Because since you've been here, let's be fair, things haven't gone to plan. Um, you know, it's just been like a, it's coming all the way down on it like a roller coaster. So on that point, what do you think about that? And do you think that Mark Hughes might get things right from, from working with him? Do you think he's the man that might take us forward? It's hard for me to sort of comment on fundamental issues at the, at the club. I mean, the one thing I would say that I think sort of Ryan has got like right more so now than it were. I mean, I think that like during the first like two years or so, we we would go through obviously we were going through a lot of managers, but every manager when he had a transfer window recruited players for his style of play, and then another manager would come in who's got a different style of play, and then you've got these players for another two years and stuff. So, for example, we had Martin and uh, Mickey for the for the first like when I first signed, and they they wanted to play football, and then David Hopkins came in and he wanted us to hoof it. And the summer window, we signed players who wanted to play football, so it was a bit like, well, you're signing these players, and now it's a totally different style of play. Then we went, uh, obviously, Gary wanted to play a bit of football, Stu wanted to play fo- football, and Derek obviously didn't want to play football. So you're having these different sort of styles, and I just think if you look at successful teams throughout the leagues, really. I mean, look at Forest Green in our league. They recruit managers and players who play and managers who want to play a certain way. And they recruit that regardless of who the manager is. They recruit players for a certain way and they recruit managers for a certain way of playing. Whereas I think that we sort of didn't do that for a long time. Um, Obviously, Ryan, to be fair... You know, he's gone out, went out and got Derek in the summer. and Sorry, last summer. And who would have argued with that when mm. when that happened? I don't think any anyone really would no. have. He just got promoted on a, you know, like probably a, a smaller budget. He's had promotions before. Um, so even from players' point of view, you're thinking, well, you know, he's had, he's had success, so he's going to be, it's going to be good for us. And obviously it didn't work out that way. But <clears throat> now the gaff, obviously Mark Hughes has come in now. He's obviously got a certain way of playing, which you could see coming more and more through through towards the end of the season. And uh, obviously now he's he's sort of recruiting them sort of players in the, in this window to to sort of play what he wants to play. So where where he felt it needed strengthening and where they could get better, he's sort of doing that now. And um, I think that's just something that they sort of need to keep on with now. If they've got that sort of philosophy of football through the football club, I think that sort of needs to stick. And I think, like I say, Ryan's going the right way about doing that, which is which is credit because I think that that's sort of, like I say, if you look at the successful teams through the leagues, that's what that's what they do, and that's what they recruit. They recruit people for their the club's philosophy, whether it's managers or players, and they stick to it. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about managers, and you touched on the man that I'm going to ask you the question about now, Derek Adams. So obviously. For for fans looking at maybe the start of the season, we were absolutely buzzing. We thought we were going up as champions and then it just sort of turned sour pretty quickly over Christmas and beyond. So at, at some point, did the dressing room like think it's not right here? Did, did, were the arguments in there? Were people not enjoying the football? C- can you divulge any information about your opinion on Derek and where it went wrong, in your opinion? No, I mean, what, like I say, what, what I would say about Derek is that I don't think there's one sort of fan if they're being honest with themselves, that when, when he got the job, you, you were thinking, yeah, that's a poor appointment. You, you can't have been. We, like say, us as players, we were we were thinking, well, he's going to give us the right chance of getting up and, and this, that and the other. I mean, 
it's hard for me to sort of say. Obviously, everyone knows why the sort of fans turned against him because how we sort of were, how we came across at times in in the press and stuff like that. Obviously, that's not sort of for me to sort of go into and what why he said it and how he how he came across. That's nothing to do with me. But all I say is, as players, whoever the manager is, you play to how that manager wants to play. So obviously, Derek was quite direct. We didn't we didn't play out much. Um, I mean, I always remember. I go back to David Hopkin quite a lot, I and mean, I like David Hopkin. He was he was a really good guy. But David Hopkin wanted to boom it, boom it, boom it. And I always remember getting stick for it because I was kicking the ball long every time to Owen Doyle. But yeah. that's what he wanted me to do. That's mm. that, so as a as a player, you do what the manager wants you to do. So if I weren't doing that, there's a chance I wasn't going to be playing in the team. But yeah. I remember like fans going, "Oh, why is he kicking it long to Doyle all the time? He's not going to win it in air." Blah blah blah. Well, that's what. Surely you can see that that's what. I'm not yeah. doing it for the sake of it because it weren't really working. But that's what the manager wants us to do, and that's what you do. That's as players, that's what you do. You want to, you do what he told you to. And Der- and Derek was the same. Like I said, we had we had a really good start to the season, um, but then for whatever reason, it sort of it tailed off. Uh, and like I said, by the end of it, it sort of got a little bit sort of out of hand with sort of how we how we all came together in terms of like what what he was saying and. Like I say, it's not for me to say why he was saying it or what he was really saying, but obviously people didn't appreciate it and it sort of went, like you say, it went a little bit sour. Well, we saw like the Finkels and Dawson thing that you, I know you can't say it, but that's probably what partly you're alluding to and um, the fact that the club captain moved to Barrow. I mean, as fans, you're thinking, what is going on here? You know, um, it, it was cra- crazy times. Uh, what, what, when the club captain moved as a player, I, I mean, does that change things in the dressing room or...? How did you feel about that? One? Uh, no, I mean, like to be fair to the, yeah, I remember obviously when the gaffer came out and said that about Finn, and I didn't agree with it. Like as a, as a as a player, I don't really agree with anyone coming out after games and blaming individual players, whether they're young, old, or or whatever. I don't particularly agree with that. Uh, but the man, but Derek had done it before. So he, he wouldn't. He's not thinking that. Well, Finn's a young lad, so I've got to protect him. He he would just do it to whoever sort of it was, whether it be Niall or Finn or me or that's sort of just how he was. So people just sort of got on with that. But um, when obviously when when Niall left, it was we were all really shocked. Like no one knew anything about it really. Obviously we played on the Saturday and by the I think it was was it deadline day on the Monday. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. It was literally a couple of days later. Um, Niall had gone, and obviously, like as soon as he'd gone, I rang him, and he was like, "Yeah, it started yesterday, and this, that, and the other." And I was like, "Well, obviously, the gaffer sort of said he could go, and that's that's the obviously if he hadn't said that, he wouldn't have gone anywhere." So, um, as soon as the manager tells you you can go, then obviously from from Niall's point of view or any player's point of view, then you, you have to look because you probably not going to be in his plans going forward, and you're probably not going to play. So. Uh, yeah, we to be fair, we were all shocked, and uh, but I mean, it's one of them in football. People, we were shocked, and like obviously, like well, most of the lads, I'm guessing, there might be some lads who didn't like Niall. I don't know, but <laughs> most of the lads were disappointed to see Niall leave. Like I, well, I got on really well with Niall. I still do I speak to him a lot, um, but at the same time, that sort of football, people come and go, and it it can happen just like that, and people move on all the time, but. Yeah, it was uh, it was a strange one because, like I say, no one really expected it. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it, as as Adam said, 
us fans, it was bizarre. It just seems like, oh, you know... I've lost you. He's still there. I'll have to just put you on here, I think, because I think the lad's turned his iPad on and I can't hear you now. <laughs> no, that, that audio's fine. As long as you can hear can us. Can you hear me still all right like that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can still hear you, pal. Yeah, so. One sec, I'm just going to put that in. 26, 20. Where are I? Um, yeah, so I'll start again. So, yeah, for us fans, to be honest with you, when we when we saw that Nile had gone, we were all just... It just seemed like... For instance, there was Crankshaw before that as well, where he'd, I think he made an assist and he was on the radio and he'd mentioned about it. And then the next thing you knew, Cranks had gone. And obviously, Finn Cousin Dawson and Canavan. But anyway, I think let's, that's in the past now, I think. Well, let's talk about something else. So I want to ask you, what's your favourite memory from playing for Bradford City? Favourite memory? Hmm. <laughs> it's not been that bad, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. No, it's a tough one because, like, like I really, it's, it's, it'll sound mad, but like that last game, even though I didn't play, and I was walking around with my kids and that, like the reception I got was was really nice. Um, so I saw it straight away. I sort of think of that, but I shouldn't because obviously I played hundred odd games, but that sort of springs to my mind straight away because it's probably the last thing that obviously happened. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the proudest. Thing was obviously being named captain and having having just overseen as captain, it was uh, obviously Stuart gave that put that trust in me, and I think people might disagree. You know that 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 is what it is, but I, I give everything I could through the four years, obviously. But being captain with that extra special bit, and I, I tried to give everything on and off the pitch to try and sort of bring the club together, uh, especially off the pitch. I think it's important to sort of bring players closer to the fans and the community. I think it's it's really important at any club, especially like a club like Bradford where, you know, it's a it's a huge fan base. If you can get the fans on board with what you're doing, it's it makes things a, a lot easier. So that's obviously a highlight being, being made captain and whether it obviously it would success for me would have been getting promoted. So obviously ultimately it wasn't successful in terms of that, but it's still very, very proud proud moment for me to do that for such a big club. I think uh, the fans will agree that you've, you've been, you know, a, a, an icon really for Bradford City, you know, for the young fans, because my nephew actually gave him your, your gloves. And I think you did it for quite a few kids on that last game. You were giving gloves away and stuff. And, you know, to you, it's it's probably something to note to do that. But to those kids, it means absolute world. And I think you know that yourself, you know, you've, you've probably come from a working class environment in Sheffield and or Rotherham, I think. I can't remember exactly where you're from, but you get it. And I think that's why you were so loved and, and what have you. And, to be honest, it is a, it's such a shame to see you go. And, and I mean, asking this question directly as well, is it something that you wanted? Did you need to go to sort of further your career? Is it is it just like a fresh page? Or what are your thoughts on leaving Bradford City? Well, it's a tough one because if I probably got offered something, I would probably have stayed because right. I, I loved it there. Um, but then now I've sort of left and, you know, I've got something fresh. I sort of think it's probably it was probably the right time for me to go. At the same time, uh, obviously I wasn't playing for the last sort of four or five months, whatever it was. Um, so really, it was probably probably time for me to go. Uh, like looking at it from the outside, like now where I am in this position. Um, but like I say, if if I'd have got offered something, I'd have been 
obviously seriously considering it because I, I do really, I, I loved it there. Um, my family loved it there. My, obviously, like my little lads, I was a Bradford fan really now because he, yeah. when he when he got into football, he I was at Bradford and sort of been there four years since since he started liking football. So he's like sort of telling him I was leaving even was difficult because he he loves it. He's he loves coming and he like so I say he's even now he says he sports Bradford. So um, we'll be coming back to see some games and stuff, no doubt. But yeah, I mean like look like I say. I'm in a fortunate position where I got fixed up quite quickly with a club and I'm delighted about that. Uh, so like in, like now I can sit back and reflect and I think it probably probably is the right, it was the right time for me to leave, yeah. Yeah, and you think you've got a few, how many seasons do you think you've got left in, in yourself, Richard, then you think you're going to go to your 40 or what, what's, your, what's your plans? Are you, are you going to play until a certain point and go into coaching or what, what are your thoughts? I haven't really got any thoughts, mate, because like, genuinely I feel... As good as I did like a few years ago, like like eight years ago, I don't feel my body feels fine. Don't feel any less fit. I don't feel any less powerful. Um, I think it's just one of them things that you sort of know when you know. Uh, I've got no like age, or I think yeah, I'm going to finish. Uh, I am going to well, hopefully go into coaching. And what that's what I want to do. I'm doing my. I've just applied for my A license in goalkeeping, um, so I want to try and get that done in the next year or so if I get onto it. Um, and I'm sort of doing some work at Sheffield Wednesday Academy now, doing the goalkeepers there, just to sort of get me ready for that, whether whether that might be three, four, five, six years on, whatever it may be. I wanted that little bit of experience in my coaching to sort of help me when I do finish to, to sort of go into a decent job, hopefully. Um, but yeah, in terms of, I, I'm only 33. I've got, I could generally, I could have five, six, seven years left. Like, so, yeah. and like I say, I think it's just one of the things that you, you sort of know when you know, but at the minute, like I said, my body feels like it did when I was 20, 24, 25. I feel no no worse. Um, I feel fit, better than I've ever been, really, so I don't feel... It's not even something that's popping into my head. That's fair, mate. Yeah, so I've got two last questions for you, Rich. I'm going to bring it down a little yeah. bit. So first of all, the first question is, who is the best mascot in League Two? Best mascot. What was the one? At, um, there was a there was a, there was a really strange mascot this year, and I can't remember who it was. Oh, what was it? It was a proper strange looking mascot, and everyone was like, "What the bloody hell is that?" Uh, <laughs> was it the boiler? It probably Chris. It was. Was it? Was it Chris in crowd? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could have been. It wasn't. Uh, well, the answer, the answer is probably Billy Banter. Is it Billy Banter? It's not. It's not. No. Well, <laughs> last game of the season, my little girl, my little girl was obsessed with Billy Banter, so uh, she was giving him cuddles all day. But then, like I say, we went to went to Rochdale last last well, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I used to buy two uh, Desmond Dragon teddies from shop for my kids as well. So they were. Uh, the, their favourite is now Desmond Dragon, unfortunately. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell that. you the best one. I'm going to have to say Desmond Dragon because he's, he's my kid's favourite at the minute. There you go. So it's not the giraffe, is it, you're, you're on about, Richard? Um, Sutton, that Mark Hughes got a picture. Where a giraffe? It could have been. Yeah, it might have been, actually. Yeah, it just came in my head then. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, glad you it could have been. I'm glad you didn't say Billy Bantam anyway, mate. That's a, yeah, that's a yes, me too. And uh, last question for you, Rich. You walk into a magic restaurant, you've got every single meal you could ever, ever imagine. Okay. 
and they can recreate anything you want. What you're having for your starter, what you're having for your main, and what you're having for your dessert. Right. Starter, I would go like fully loaded nachos. I'm a big nacho fan. So nice. I'd go like cheese, jalapenos, sour cream, guacamole, the beef on top, everything. Like fully loaded. Uh, main meal. Main, main, main. Is this one of them where it's like your last meal? Or is this like... Yeah. Really, I'm not like dying yeah. or anything, am I? <laughs> I, I hope not. I hope not, Rich, no. Depends. Is it, would that That's change right. your mind? If you're going to die afterwards, does it, does it yeah, make a difference? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Because I probably like... If it was on my last meal, I'd probably go for like a big massive burger stack or something. Just a big greasy yeah. thing like... Not six yeah. of them, no. Otherwise, I might go for like a... <laughs> we are I might stuff. go for like a nice pasta. I, like, I love pasta, so... Yeah. Yeah, what, if it's not my last meal. I'd go for some sort of like, uh, like a creamy sort of pasta. Yeah, like a carbonara sort if of style. Not, if, it's, if it's my last meal, I'd go for a big stack burger or something like that. All right, and dessert. What are you saying? Dessert, dessert. I would probably go cheesecake. Oh, so, uh, what sort of cheesecake? Yeah, I'm thinking lemon. I love a lemon cheesecake. Oh, I'm with you, hundred percent. It's a nice palate cleanser, lemon isn't it? Cheesecake. Lemon. Yeah, yeah, lemon cheesecake is good. Uh, I'm not a massive sweet fan, to be fair, in terms of like desserts and stuff. I love sweets. Yeah, but not like a, so I'm not like a big like cake lover or stuff like that, really. So, yeah, I pick I pick sweets normally. Just before we tie off, you, you, said, you said cheesecakes. So I'm going to ask you another question. I know Chris said it's the last one, but we we put a tweet out and we asked fans. You might have seen these actually. We asked fans to ask you yeah. some questions, and this one was bizarre. They've asked what your favourite cheese is. Favourite cheese? I did see that, actually. <laughs> I think I'd just go for it. I like halloumi. Yeah. But I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a bit of brie at Christmas time. Like, Ooh, yeah. Yes. That were, that were one. That were a Levi one. You called it go Bri. On. <laughs> you <laughs> bri. What's this, what's this Bri cheese here? Bri? <laughs> Honestly. That's just, that's just him in a nutshell. Stuff he'd come out with. Bri. Yeah. Bri cheese. Oh, God. Brilliant. Well, um, we'll send it off there. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate, to have you. Thank you very much for coming on. And uh, honestly, you've been an absolute gentleman and a model professional for us. And we wish you all the best in your uh, future career, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. No problem. Been a pleasure. Yes. And now on to our next feature. So it's the one that everybody seems to like on Twitter. It is Quizzy Up The Guy. So are you ready for the questions this week, uh, Chris? Actually, you know what? I think we're going to mix it up a little bit because I've done so shit over the last couple of weeks. So we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to ask you some questions for a change. We're going to play right. Who Wants To Be William's Heir. <laughs> that is shite. Can't get on board with that. No, but I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions this time. Let's see, let's test your knowledge. I think it's time to test your knowledge and see how much you know about City. Now, I've not tried to make these incredibly difficult, so let's see how well you do. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question one. Bradford City were looking to get into the Premiership and they bought Dean Windass to help us, to, to help us get there. But who did we sign him from? And bonus point, how much? No Where idea. did you sign Din Windass from and how much was it? Um, Middlesbrough. I'll go for the money. 
200 grand. No, absolutely terrible. Oxford United, we signed him and we bought him for initial 950k. However, that turned to 1 million once we got promoted to the Premiership. So it was Oxford. Okay, you won't think it'd be that. I can't believe they had him that far south, to be honest. You think he'd get a nosebleed, wouldn't you, going down there? But anyway, there we go. Yeah, that's it. He went to Middlesbrough after us, did he? They signed him from us. He did, yeah. yeah. In the second year, Premiership, he did, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this one you should get right. Okay, Valley Parade. What is to the nearest hundred the capacity? Twenty-three or twenty-five, isn't it? Was it twenty-six? <laughs> I'm gonna say five. Twenty-three thousand five hundred. Oh, do you know what? Twenty-five thousand one hundred and thirty-six. Yeah. So I knew one or other. Twenty-three or twenty-five. Zero for zero. I don't think you're gonna get this next one, but we'll see. Good Jeffrey man. Richmond became the chairman in 1994. Frank Stapleton was the manager at the time. However, who was Jeffrey's first managerial appointment at City? 94? Yeah. So was it, wasn't the manager already in place? He was a manager, but that was Frank Stapleton, so he was sacked. So who was his first appointment? Five. Four. Cammy, but it's not. Two, one. You going with Cammy? Yeah, I know it's not, but no, it's not. It's Lenny Lawrence. However, Cammy was in after Lenny Lawrence, so you weren't far away. Okay, so we're zero for zero so far. Can I just say that I've never like said that I'm a quiz. Uh, listen, listen, we're just doing the quiz. We're just doing the (laughs) quiz. Okay, let's just carry on. Go on then. Omar Daly was somewhat of a hero at Bradford City, playing 106 games and scoring 13 goals. Who did he join permanently at the end of his contract in 2011, so after he left Bradford City? Oh, my God, I'm going to get zero on this quiz. Um, Preston? No. Did Jermaine Johnson go there? I think Jermaine Johnson went to Preston, didn't he? Did he not go to, was it not Blackpool? Uh, you, uh, anyway, um, you're wrong. Anyway, the answer is Motherwell. Was it? Yeah. So, yeah, it was indeed. He did have a loan spell at Rotherham, but he went to Motherwell. Which manager did he join at that time? This isn't a question, but which at manager did he join? Yeah, Stuart. It no, was Stuart. Stuart. Was it? It was Stuart. Yeah. Okay. Do we get a point. Um, Give me a point. No. no point five. Half a point. point. Get half a point. I'll give you half a point. Thanks. Okay. Bradford beat Aston Villa in the first leg of the League Cup semi-final in 2013. Who got the last goal to win 3-1 at Valley Parade? Gary Thompson? It wasn't Gary Thompson. It was Carl McHugh. The head of that, that proper beauty of an header. It was an absolute... Yes, it was great. Did Gary Thompson score against that Arsenal? It was Arsenal. It was Arsenal. Indeed, it was. This is bad. bad. What position did Bradford finish last season in? 16th. It was 14th. 
I think I'm going to pack it in now. This okay, is, this, this is one you bad. should get. This one you should get. I'm expecting Go you on. to get this one, okay. So, who is the oldest player to ever play for Bradford City? And I'm going to give you a bonus point if you could tell me their age. Neville Southall. It was Neville Southall. Was he 40? No, how old was he? 40. He wasn't. He was 41, five months and 25 days. Don't take that big, Nev. Well, I'll, I'll give you an extra point. Who was that against? Did he play against? Yeah. What year were it? 98? It'll be neither 99 or 2000. Wimbledon. It wasn't. It was Leeds. Was it? It was Leeds. No, God, we get battered. Oh, at the end of that quiz. Is that 10 questions? No, there were some bonus points in there as well, you see. So, at the end of that round, I'm going to give you, let's see, what did you get? 1.5. Oh, I've missed one at questions. I apologise. I'll give you this question at the end. Well, can okay. you say this isn't happening again, is it? <laughs> Which Portuguese striker signed for Bradford when in the Premiership in January 2000? Oh, um, I know this one. Five. Oh, I know it. Because he flopped, he was shit. Um, two, one. Come on, give me a quick, just give me an answer. Just give me anything. I sound like the Cookie Monster then. I can't, I can't think of his name. I know exactly what it is. George Cadet. Yeah, yeah, because he flopped, he was rubbish, wasn't he? He was indeed. He was. Oh, I got a look, I think of a Willy Top, but I knew it wasn't Willy Top because he's chilly, <laughs> isn't he? It was. Uh, sure, we got a massive 1.5. Wow. So that's that's highly embarrassing, and it's it's never happening again. Um, in fairness, and do you know what? Them questions weren't even that difficult. So they were. They were. yeah, but you see, when the pressure's on, your mind yeah. just goes, doesn't it? Yes, your mind does go, but I didn't use any kind of Google search engine or anything like that. So <laughs> I think I deserve an extra half a point just for doing that. I you know, don't think so somehow. <laughs> that was shite. I'm embarrassed, but you know what? We move. We move. Well, thank you for that, Chris. That's added a bit of spice to the mix. Probably a spice that needs removing again, mate. But, you know, it's good fun. Hey, I tell you what, it's quite exciting who we've got up next. Tell them who we've got up next. What? Oh, in which? Oh, okay, in the next pod. We've got Jamie Rayner coming on. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.